Hello and welcome to Hell No, a true crime podcast with your host, Lauren Lucio. This week, we are diving into a tragic case of a young, talented, and beautiful woman named Tawny Braid. She met her fatal attraction while she was 17, serving three months in a youth treatment center. She had no idea things would end so brutally. Do whatever you are doing and hang out with me while I talk true crime. Today's case takes place in Utah in a town called Holiday. Holla, like H-O-L-L-A, D-A-Y, day, not holiday, holla, hollow day, holla day, yeah. Uh, this case is no holiday though, unless your holidays are dark, sad, and brutal, in which case, please report yourself to police like immediately. Oh, by the way, I'm obviously back, hello, I'm back uh, from my holiday, because you hear me talking, so yes, here I am, here I am. Thanks for being patient while I had some time to myself. It was wonderful. I didn't really go on a vacation. I didn't really go anywhere. Well, I went places, but it's not like I took a plane or anything. But I had family come visit me. And rather than be locked in my office the entire time, I took a little break. Uh, as much as I enjoyed the break, I really did love it. That was great. It does feel good to be to be back on the mic talking to you and in my cozy office back on back on schedule back on that routine let's let's jump on into uh this week's case though 17 year old tawny braid was out with some friends one summer's night and they were doing what teens do they were driving around smoking some weed and just being regular teenagers straight up doob cruising <laughs> i don't know does anyone still call it that? I don't know. It's been many years since I was a teen, and I bet now they have um, a way cooler term for it. <laughs> Doom cruising. Anyways, Tawny's friends, they were a bit older than her. So when police stopped the vehicle and discovered some weed and smoking devices, by devices I mean a bong, which I found hilarious because they're just cruising around with a bong. And... um it's just such a teenager thing to do. I just thought that was hilarious. So Tawny, she pulled her hero card and was like, take me. It's all mine. This is all mine. This is, it's all me. She took the fall for this. She took the blame. Because remember, she's only 17, meaning legally she is not an adult yet. And her friends would be classified as adults because they were 18 or older. And Tawny knew they could face prison time for this minor offense because utah laws so tawny's thinking was the law would be easier on her because of her age but i gotta say they came down on her pretty hard she was charged with a class b misdemeanor and also charged with possession of a controlled substance she ended up going to a youth treatment center for three months to me that seems extreme but i guess some states in America come down on youth pretty hard when it comes to weed, and Utah is one of these states, even if it's their first offense. So even if it's their first offense, and from what I understand, Tawny was a good kid, and this was her first brush with the law. So again, seems harsh to send her away for three months for, for this. I don't know how much weed they had on them. I, I can't imagine it was much. But anyways, that's what happened. It seems, seems like a bit much. Seems a bit hard. 
Had the, I, I just got to ask the question though, had the long arm of the Utah law been kinder to her, she never would have met Victoria Mendoza and maybe she would even be alive today. I say that, but I have to keep in mind, it's nobody's fault, but the murderers. Anytime somebody is murdered, it's nobody's fault, but the person that chooses to commit the murder. Uh, this case gets really brutal and I just, w- I just wish so much they would have never met. So I guess that's why I say that. I just wish, I just wish she never would have ended up in this youth treatment center. So Tawny goes to this youth treatment center, aka Juvie. It's her first time in there. It was probably scary. This is a world totally unfamiliar to her. She has no idea how to navigate this place, but Victoria she was seasoned in this center. It wasn't her first time. She knew the ropes. She knew the social cues. She knew the dangers. And she was no stranger to protecting herself in there. If I were to guess, I would say she was one of the girls who the other girls feared. I think she was up there with, like, in that kind of hierarchy. Tawny was in there for some weed and bong incident. But there were girls in there for violent offenses, like fighting with knives. That's right. Full-on knife fighters were in there. And for possession of like actual hard life-ruining drugs. It's It it just seemed like it was like throwing a lamb to the wolves, putting Tawny in this um, youth treatment center. Tawny was scared. She was really scared her first few days in there, and for good reason. I don't think the facility in any way was like the Indonesian Karabokan prison, but that's how I imagined it. I read a book written about uh, the Karabokan, Karabokan prison called Hotel Karabokan, and it was terrifying. What goes on in there and the conditions they live in sound like actual hell on earth. It's a good book. You should read it. I'm getting a bit sidetracked, but I had that book. I lent that book to someone about two and a half years ago. And they never returned it to me, even though I specifically said it's one of my favorite books in my collection. You know who you are if you're listening. I don't know if she's listening. They're probably not listening. (laughs) Okay, so Tawny was in this youth facility, youth treatment facility, and she was scared. And her first few days, she was crying. And then Victoria met Tawny and really liked her. I'd imagine Tawny was thinking, hey, like I can use all the friends I can get in here. Like this is a vulnerable time for me. I'm in a vulnerable position. And yeah, I'm sure she would just, she was probably hoping for friends. Like it was, she was scared. She was scared. She didn't know anybody. A friend would be just a beautiful thing to have in there. So Victoria and Tawny, they became friends and then they became more than friends. They became a couple. Tawny and Victoria were very different. Tawny with her blue eyes, blonde hair, and vibrant personality. Victoria with her dark hair, brown eyes, and rebellious attitude. This is what really kind of separated them. Where was their outlook on life and and their personalities were just so different. They were so contrasting to each other. They were opposites, yet they were drawn to each other. Unfortunately, when Victoria was a child, her home life was not ideal. Her father committed suicide when she was just 10 years old, and her mother struggled with finances. As she got older, around the time uh, she met Tawny, her mother became ill and wrote to Victoria while Victoria was in this youth treatment center 
with Tawny, telling her she was sick, and soon after that, she was diagnosed with cancer. One of those things on their own is incredibly traumatic, but Victoria, she was dealing with both, and, you know, her father's death was, she was at a very young age when that happened, um, old enough to remember, you know, not young enough where she she kind of didn't know what happened, but she was old enough probably to understand what had happened, and but, you know, still not old enough to kind of deal with that. It's just, yeah, really tragic um, that her father killed himself when she was 10 years old. It was sometime after her father's death, she started to, you know, really come into this bad girl persona. She liked to carry knives around on her. She liked to collect them. And I think the knives she liked to collect were quite scary actually like very easy concealable knives that could easily kill someone like she wasn't carrying around machetes or whatever but you know like four inch blades stuff like this victoria she was skipping school and she was just wild and out she got into a lot of trouble with the law and she was in and out of these youth treatment centers quite a bit by this time in her life, she had racked up many arrest warrants. I think it was like a dozen or something. And her relationship with the courts, it just seemed to be out of control. Tawny, on the other hand, was more focused on her future and her singing and songwriting career. She really wanted that. She was really into singing and songwriting, very artistic, very into music. Um, and Victoria was Tawny's first girlfriend. Before Victoria, Tawny had only dated boys. So when her mother came to visit her in this youth treatment center, she was a little surprised to learn Tawny was seeing Victoria, that she was in a relationship with a woman. Just like the rest of Tawny's family, though, you know, she embraced this. Her family embraced this and they supported their daughter. In fact, after Tawny got out of the center in August 2010, and it was Victoria's time to leave the center, a month later, um, Tawny's parents picked up Victoria on her release day in September and allowed her to stay with them. Tawny's dad, he knew there was something off about Victoria when he met her that day, mostly because Victoria gave off bad girl vibes. You know, she had a neck tattoo. She had a lot of tattoos. And he had never seen his daughter hang out with this dangerous rebellious type before like ever this was just he was thrown off but he wasn't you know he's not the type to hold judgment see he he was like i'm not gonna hold judgment on her i don't know her yet and he welcomed victoria into their home with open arms victoria was showing some odd behavior but the family really didn't think too much of it like when they picked up victoria they found it surprising she didn't want to go visit her sick mother. Instead, she just wanted to go back to their home with Tawny. I mean, it's possible that it would have been too hard to face for her that day. Like maybe getting out of this youth treatment center and then going straight to like her sick mother. Maybe just emotionally it was just too much to handle. Um, so maybe they thought that and maybe that, that was it. Um, but as we will see later on, Victoria, she does have a dark side. And in the one month Tawny was out of the center before Victoria got out, Victoria was worried that Tawny would have relations with someone else and wrote to Tawny in a letter, quote, sleep with anyone else, I might have to kill you and I mean it. All my love, V, unquote. Okay, so um, <clears throat> yeah, that is not okay. That is not an okay letter. And how's that sign off after that threat? 
all my love, but remember, I might kill you and I mean it. Hope this relationship makes you feel safe still. Like, what? What the fuck? Even if someone says that as a joke, which I'm sure is how Victoria played that off later, it's it's not okay. That's, oof, that is, yeah, that is a huge red flag for so many reasons. This shows control, this shows trust issues, this shows insecurities, and it shows that Victoria was claiming ownership over Tawny. And this is the start of a very, very toxic relationship. It seemed like Victoria was obsessing over Tawny and in a very unhealthy way. I probably don't even have to say in a very unhealthy way because is there a healthy way to do that? I don't know. I'm, I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. I don't think so, but okay. Victoria lived with Tawny's family after she was released. Tawny had told her parents that Victoria's mother was dying and they didn't skip a beat to help Victoria. They didn't even think about it and they told her you can stay with us and they you know they were supporting her oh your mother's really sick you've lost your father when you were young you clearly really need somebody my daughter loves you just stay with us like we'll be your we'll be your we'll be your rock during this time which was very nice of them and Victoria she was even hanging around with Tawny's friends I mean they're living together they're dating Mm -hmm. so she's gonna meet her friends obviously but she would demand to know, and this was, ugh, this was really cringy. Um, she would demand to know which of the male friends Tawny had slept with. Yeah, and she seemed really jealous of Tawny's male friends particularly. Some of Tawny's friends got along with Victoria. Some of them didn't. Some of them distanced themselves from Tawny because of Victoria. One of her friends that remained close to Tawny could sense that Victoria had, I guess, like a, we'll call it a hairpin trigger on her temper, you know, and that there was a bad temper brewing in Victoria, which can't make it easy to be around someone like that, never knowing when they're just going to go off like an unstable explosive. And it's just, how could you ever be comfortable around that? I don't know. Early on in the relationship, Victoria went home to Ogden in Salt Lake City to visit her sick mother. So I think Ogden and Holiday are quite close to each other is is what I'm gathering here. And Tawny went with her. That trip, Tawny met Victoria's friends and saw that Victoria's friends were a bit more dangerous, a bit more edgy, if you will, more than her friends. But still, she got along with, she got along with everyone. She got along with them. Uh, This was around the time that Tawny realized Victoria was carrying a knife, which I'm sure was alarming to her, but Victoria would have explained it away in an innocent way. I don't, I'm not sure if the word innocent is the correct way to explain how she may have explained that away. So how, I'm not sure, because even if she said it's for protection, she's still going to have to be willing to stab someone which is terrifying because if you're carrying a knife and you think all you can do is pull it out during a fight and people are going to back off, I mean, maybe sometimes, but you never know who, you know, what if the person you pull that knife on is just totally crazy? What if they have a knife? You just don't know if you're going to pull a knife out in a fight. It's first of all, don't do it ever. Not recommending that. Um, but the fact that she's carrying it and possibly saying it's for her protection I mean somewhere in your brain you've had to have said to yourself 
I might need to use this. Like that's why you have it, you know? I don't know. It's just, it's chilling. It scares me. It's uh, chilling. So Ogden, it's a lot different from where Tawny lives in Holiday uh, in the way of Ogden is a rougher neighborhood, according to all the sources I saw. I don't know it. I've never been there. I don't know. There was talks about gang activity there um, in a couple sources. Um, and it just didn't seem as safe of an area as what Tawny knew and what Tawny was familiar with and where she grew up. Once back in Holiday, though, Victoria's temperament actually ruined their nights out on more than one occasion and I really hated hearing that because I could just imagine how awkward that was for everyone there and also that is another big red flag uh, to me. I feel like abusive partners do this on purpose to try and isolate their victim and when I say the victim the fucked up thing is the victim is their partner so that's really fucked up yeah I feel like they'll do this they'll go out with their partners like yeah no I want to go have fun with you but then they'll just be so rude to everybody the entire time and I feel like that's kind of a way of isolating their partner from all these people because people are going to stop inviting you places if they think your rude partner is going to come I don't know just just a thought Back in holiday, Tawny and Victoria, they got into a fight about Victoria's jealousy over Tawny and her male friends. So this comes up a lot during this case. Victoria just really hates it when Tawny's male friends message her or when she talks to them, basically anything to do with her male friends. She hates it. From what I can find, um, this fight that they had it didn't get physical but it was an argument and victoria went and uh did something kind of absurd she so she gets mad they they have this fight victoria gets mad she leaves and she goes and sleeps with one of tawny's friends and then told tawny about it in text message saying um yeah i just slept with your best friend because she's hot and she just says stuff to make Tawny jealous. But this was true. Victoria did go out and sleep with Tawny's friend to make Tawny jealous. But I don't think you could call whoever this girl was a friend of Tawny's anymore because, or maybe she, or ever, I guess, because everyone knew Victoria and Tawny were in a relationship and that Victoria was living at Tawny and her family's home, like with them. They were always posting about their relationship online, saying things like, my girlfriend's so hot and, and stuff like that. But also like tons of pictures. Everybody knew. You can't say, oh, she didn't know she was with her or whatever. No, no. Everybody knew. Their relationship was very well known. While I was researching this case, I saw so many stunning pictures of the two of them. And yeah, they posted these on their socials and there was like a ton of them. And the pictures make it look like they're both having fun. They're both glamorous in different ways. You know, they're both, yeah, very glamorous, but in like different ways. I'll, yeah, you can look up pictures of this case. You'll see what I mean. So many of their pics could be like a Ray-Ban ad or some kind of cool sunglasses ad or like H&M or like an H&M billboard like their pictures could be made into an H&M billboard they're just like very cool very glamorous yeah they were they were very good at posting these photos on on their socials they were both super into music and they just gave off this really cool vibe but as we will find out the pictures were not telling the truth about what was really happening so Tawny she is so pissed off at Victoria after she tells her 
she slept with her friend that she does the ultimate subtle social media fuck you and changes her relationship status to single oh burn so tawny she has decided she is done with victoria and she won't talk to her I could just imagine Victoria was blowing up Tawny's phone with calls and texts and getting nothing back and that probably just would have drove Victoria absolutely insane. So Victoria knew that she had done fucked up and she does something that is very public and very cringe. Since she couldn't reach Tawny via phone or messages she comes up with a plan victoria makes a six minute and 11 second video that she posts on youtube and sends the link to tawny the video is titled i'm so sorry tawny braid tawny's like what the fuck is this she clicks the link she clicks play she's watching this video before i describe this video i just want to talk about the timeline real quick because it got a little confusing in my research on this case so i found i went and dug around and i found this video on youtube i didn't have to dig that hard but there are a few that were like reposted three years ago but I was looking for the original video because I wanted to get a date on this video. And I found it. I found it on YouTube and it was posted October 5th of 2010, which would have been one month after Victoria got released from the youth treatment center and Tawny's parents allowed her to stay with them. But in this video I watched, like like a documentary I watched on this case, it was saying this happened two years into the relationship in 2012. But I mean, that can't be possible because the video Victoria made and posted on YouTube titled, I'm, I'm sorry, Tawny Braid, it was posted in October of 2010, like early October, October 5th. And there's just, I don't, it just, yeah, you can't, can you backdate a video? I don't know. Um, and I have linked that in my show notes if you want to watch it. So yeah, <clears throat> the video was posted October 5th, 2010, and I followed the name of like who posted it it was like mimi face 07 and they had four or five videos on there the and they all seemed to be posted october 5th 2010 i think it was like three of them were of victoria getting a neck tattoo and um like the first one that would have been uploaded it was Victoria herself filming with her cell phone, her and Tawny and some friends, and they're getting ready to go out to a party. And in one point of that video, you can hear Victoria say, oh, I'm going to be famous before you. I'm going to put all my rap videos on this. And they're like arguing about whose jacket is who. Tawny's like, this is my jacket. And Victoria's like, uh-uh, that's my jacket. Um, Yeah, and they're just talking about going and partying and and then the last video posted is the I'm so sorry, Tawny Braid. So this would lead me to believe that this is the actual original video from which what would have been Victoria's YouTube channel in 2010, which is Mimi Face 07. So yeah, I don't know where why the documentary said it happened in 2012, but I followed that up. So that's my, I just want to talk about that real quick because yeah, I was a bit confused when I was researching this. So this video starts off with Victoria in what I'm assuming is a bathroom and she uses her cell phone to film herself talking in a mirror. Victoria is kind of stumbling to find her words at first, but then she goes into a heartfelt apology about how sorry she is that she cheated on Tawny, 
with her best friend. Uh-huh, I know. Then says, quote, your best friend is a slut and I don't like her. She's gross. Okay. Unquote. Uh, that I found to be the work of a abusive genius and that is not a compliment that is not meant to be a compliment at all but what I feel she's done here is quite complex I think I don't know if this is her thinking on this subconsciously or or consciously but I feel like what she's done here is use Tawny's friend to make Tawny jealous but at the same time split Tawny from this friend and then comes back around to support Tawny by saying mean things about her quote-unquote best friend, who I assume is an ex-best friend at this point. So if Victoria would have never slept with Tawny's best friend and said those things about her, then Tawny would get angry and defend her friend. But because Victoria made Tawny hate her best friend with this act of betrayal, she's not, you know, she not only can say these things, but it also is uh, used to her advantage. I, I don't know. It's just... It's what I would call mind fuckery and it is a slippery eel. I feel like there's a lot of elements happening in that move and then what happens after. Next, Victoria says this video is an apology to Tawny so she can get her back and keep her again. Actually uses the word keep, like Tawny is some kind of captive animal. When I heard the word keep, it made me cringe. I cringed so many times. Okay, also this video seems to be more about how Victoria feels and what she wants, not what Tawny wants or her feelings. And to me, this shows Victoria is thinking solely about herself. She also says, I'm in love with her and I love her and I want her to give me another chance, like all in one sentence, just like that. So really putting herself first is how I hear that. There doesn't seem to be too much sorrow in Victoria's body language because she is smiling and she's even giggling a little, like, in between her, like, sentences. There are no tears, sadness, or remorse seen on her face that I could see. Um, then Victoria reads a private love letter that Tawny wrote her while they were separated by the Youth Facility Center. And it was an intimate letter, probably not meant for the world to hear. But Victoria read that letter mm, on YouTube. After reading the letter, she says, quote, And if you think about it, you really meant that, unquote. I found that to be manipulating because maybe Tawny meant it at the time, but it's not a love contract. It's a love letter. It's just how Tawny felt at that time. And by saying you really meant it, kind of felt like Victoria saying, see, you said this then, so you have to still feel this way now, even after I fucked your best friend. So I I could be reading way too much in, into that, but that's the vibe I got. Victoria then starts apologizing a lot to Tawny and telling any viewer who didn't like the video to fuck off and go suck a dick. So we've got a real wordsmith here. Then she talks more about what she wants and she says, quote, I'm going to do everything in my power to get her back instead of letting her walk free and letting her go with somebody else. That's not what I want. I want her with me. Unquote. That's right. Again, with this captivity attitude. So she also says, uh, her, you know, she's saying, um, 
You know, she's saying, I want her back. I don't want to let her walk free. Um, I want her with me instead of saying Tawny's name. So she is well aware she is going to have an audience because at times she's talking directly to Tawny and then at times she is like talking about Tawny. Like she's talking to somebody and, and Tawny's not there. The final sentence she speaks in this video is, please be my girlfriend and make me very happy. Make me very happy. Okay, so I I don't know. This whole video, I don't know. This video did exactly what Victoria wanted it to do, unfortunately. Tawny, she has a good heart and forgiveness is part of part of that. And that's something I know Victoria knows and they get back together. I mean, I guess I don't know it personally, but I just feel like she would know that. Like she's kind of playing on Tawny being a forgiving person. Everyone who knew Tawny were most likely happy about the breakup. So when they got back together, it was surprising to them and probably not in a good way. Tawny's family did say the two would have fights and, you know, the fights seemed pretty bad, but they always made up and the fights, although fiery, albeit a fiery fight arguments, it never turned into anything to be concerned about, nothing that they saw anyways. Looking back now, Tawny's father wishes so bad he just would have put his foot down and separated them. He did have a bad gut feeling about his daughter's relationship with Victoria and I'm sure it tears him apart every day thinking about coulda, shoulda, wouldas. But you know what? Keep in mind the only person responsible for what happens is the one who committed the act. Two years into the relationship, they returned to Ogden in June of 2012 with Tawny's family to be with Victoria as her mother lost her battle with cancer. Victoria was broken by this. It hurt her immensely to lose her mother. And Tawny's family... They were there to support her during this and also after it. As Victoria, she was more than welcome to continue to live with them indefinitely. Like Victoria had, she'd had no mother, no father now. And she was on a rocky road. So Tawny's parents were there to be like, hey, we're going to help you. We're going to help you through this. We're going to get you in a good place. And they really did try. All was not going smoothly in Tawny and Victoria's relationship though. Their fights were getting more and more heated and frequent and Victoria's need to be constantly glued to Tawny was increasing and so was her jealousy of Tawny's male friends. Victoria, she was very insecure about Tawny talking to men. She hated it, hated it and felt threatened and this is what a lot of their fights were about. Tawny actually told her friend that she was worried that Victoria was going to kill her presumably because their fights were getting more and more aggressive, more and more violent. One day, Tawny and Victoria get into a fight over a guy messaging Tawny. This seemed to be business as usual by this time, which is fucked up that this is Tawny's normal now. You know, it's just so sad. I hate that. I hate that so much for her. It actually makes me feel sick thinking of Tawny in this abusive relationship, constantly defending herself about not cheating because Victoria is so insecure with herself. So it's just... No, not a good situation for anybody to be in. This fight turned violent and Victoria punched Tawny in the face and it was with such force that it actually knocked out Tawny's tooth, her fucking tooth. Not only that, but it also split her lip open and there was a lot of blood. Victoria just punched her. 
She just punched the woman she claimed to love so much. And she did this because a male friend of Tawny sent Tawny a message saying something like, hey, what's up? Like something like not even to bat an eyelash at. Like it was nothing. And there is nothing that could merit that response. There is literally nothing that would merit that response. Just walk away. If you don't like something, just walk away. The thing is, is that Victoria doesn't understand and, you know, what all abusers in relationships don't understand is that the harder they try to control and hold on to their partner, the faster they will lose them. But if they just let go and trust and allow the pieces to fall where they may, the relationship will be stronger, better, honest, long lasting, like meaningful. But they will have to give up control to get what they want. But their thinking is control is the only way to get what they want. It's a paradox, but it makes no sense to them. To any non-abuser, this makes perfect sense. But also, if Tawny did want to leave Victoria, which she didn't, by the way, then if Victoria truly loved her, she would let her go. And, you know, she would just let her go and be happy. That's what you do when you love someone. Even if it hurts, you just let them do what's going to make them happy and you don't hold them back so I, I don't know that's just my personal opinion on that anyways what is this my relationship corner talk I don't know anyways Tawny's mother was home and she could hear this happening and she runs into the room to find her daughter bleeding from the mouth and missing a tooth and Tawny's smile was absolutely gorgeous. So her mother was probably thinking, oh man, she had these perfect teeth. I don't know if she ever had braces or not, but her teeth were absolutely perfect. So straight, so beautiful. And now she's fucking missing one. So, and obviously, you know, she's upset because her daughter's covered in blood and been punched in the face. And Victoria is just standing there. So what a scene for her mother to walk into. I think this is the moment it's more than okay for them to throw Victoria out on her ass and change the locks. You know, take away her key, change the locks, lock the windows, nail them shut. So it, it started with small arguments. It turned into control and isolation, then bigger fights, and now violent fights, bodily harm, assault, and things, they're not going to stop there. Victoria pleaded her remorse to... um Tawny's mother. She was crying and apologizing, but we all know those tears weren't for her actions. Tawny's mother wanted to call police, but Tawny asked her not to because this assault would place Victoria in grown-up prison, okay? She'd be going to big girl prison now as, you know, she wasn't a child anymore in the eyes of the law anyways, you know, she's not a child anymore. So Tawny's mother did not call the police on Victoria and I'm not sure how it works, but I think Tawny would have had to have press charges in order for this to stick and I don't think she would have so yeah nothing came from this legally then when Tawny's dad saw Tawny and was like hey where's your tooth what happened to your face Victoria speaks for Tawny all of a sudden and she pipes up and she was like oh we got jumped um, by a gang in Ogden um yeah that's what she yeah, she just jumps in and starts talking for Tawny. If if somebody is physically harmed and you ask them what happened and their partner talks before them, oh, huge, huge red flag. So, and also the fact that she's lying. So to me, this just proves Victoria was not really sorry for what she had done. 
and that she's morally corrupt because if she really was a good person who made a mistake, she would own up to that. She would say what she did. She would apologize to everybody. She wouldn't hide it. In that situation, just come clean. Just come clean because the truth always comes out. The truth always surfaces. And this story about uh, getting jumped by a gang in Ogden, that's also the story that Victoria made Tawny tell the doctor who treated Tawny. Tawny felt like she was so deep in this abusive relationship and the only way to keep her life bearable was to put up with Victoria and try to keep her pleased all the time. Which, by the way, is an impossible job. You cannot... It just, it won't work, you know. Victoria would have never been happy in that relationship. It wouldn't have mattered if Tawny locked herself up in a room and saw nobody and went nowhere, you know, there would still be something that would piss off Victoria. So by 2014, Tawny, she did tell someone. She told someone her fears about her relationship. Uh, I guess her parents had separated. I didn't really hear much about uh, like what her parents' relationship was like, but I'm hearing this, I'm assuming that they had separated and her dad had remarried. So her parents were divorced at this time and she must have felt comfortable enough to tell her stepmother. And it was shocking what she was saying. It was the exact words of a person who is trapped in a mentally and physically abusive relationship with an abusive uh, partner. And this is why it's so important to know these words because by the time Tawny is confiding in someone, it means things have gotten out of control and she needs help. She said she was afraid for her life and was in constant fear of Victoria and that if she left her, then something really bad would happen. So I'm surmising what she said. That's not exactly what she said, but it was along those lines. And this is just so sad to hear. Tawny, she needed help. This was bigger than what she could handle. And she had no idea how to end her nightmare. And it, it, wasn't, it wasn't from lack of trying. She tried to end things with Victoria. But, but every time she tried to end things, the situation got out of hand. And Tawny, for whatever reason, she just could not shake Victoria out of her life. Victoria was just living in Tawny's home, abusing her all the time, wouldn't get a job, wouldn't move out. So to try and mend this nightmare, Tawny's family tries to help Victoria to, you know, stand on her own two feet. I, yeah, it's really hard to say what's happening in this situation because Victoria is manipulating everybody. Nobody can see things clearly. But my thinking is that Victoria purposefully wouldn't get a job because then she couldn't watch every move that Tawny made. She couldn't watch her cell phone. She couldn't see who she's texting. She couldn't hear who she's calling. She couldn't follow her when she goes to her friend. She couldn't see who's coming over to the house. She couldn't see what she was wearing out. She couldn't, you know, she wanted to micromanage Tawny's life. And if she got a job, she would have to give up some control. She couldn't be watching Tawny 24 seven. Tawny's parents and even Tawny's grandma, they were trying hard to get Victoria on a good path in life, even funding the removal of some of Victoria's tattoos in an effort to help her gain employment as a security guard. And I think it was her neck tattoo. Um, they thought that that made her quite unemployable. And I mean, that's really nice that they're trying to help her. I, I mean, given everything that's happened, they were still trying to help Victoria. Tawny's mother knows that Victoria is physically abusive and instead of just kicking Victoria out um, she says in an interview you know like her daughter loved Victoria so whatever her daughter loves 
she's going to give it a chance. So her mother was doing this not because she liked Victoria. I could imagine a mother would fucking hate the person who punched their daughter in the face and knocked their tooth out. But she was doing it because Tawny loved Victoria so much. And she, they, they would just really, really try to help her. And Victoria, she was on board with all of this. It's not like they were trying to change her against her will or anything. It seemed like Victoria was really open to these avenues they were laying out for her. But I think she was just trying to make it look like she was open to these ideas and kind of do what they wanted her to do so she could stay and control Tawny. Like she was just manipulating the entire family constantly. Everybody, everybody. Um, they did end up getting her a job and paid for her work gear. I think she needed like a vest or like boots or walkie-talkie, something like that. So they supported her to no end and they tried so hard to help her. Like tattoo removal is not fucking cheap. It's not cheap now and it wouldn't have been cheap then. She was supposed to start this job on October 18th. So October 18th is a very crucial date in this case. So by 2014, Tawny was 21. By this point, she got a job as a assistant accountant. Uh, she enrolled in college and she was moving forward in her life, um, which is amazing. You know, she was doing good. She got a job. She enrolled in college. And I'm sure Victoria hated that. Tawny was back in school, had a job, making friends without her. You know, she wasn't able to stay by her side and keep watch of who she was talking to or she was kind of out out on her own and I could imagine this yeah really pissed off Victoria later that same year on Friday October 17th 2014 Tawny and Victoria are invited for a night out by one of Tawny's friends named Lacey and they decided to go they were going I mean, Tawny would have a lot to talk about with friends and it would be a fun evening to do so. She could tell them about her new job, her studies and give them a chance to chat and laugh and catch up. It, it would have been would have been fun. The three of them get to this party and it's a classic young 20 year old something party. People are drinking, smoking weed, there's music playing, chatting, laughing, just a real nice party where everyone was having a good time. Everyone except for Victoria. Victoria was pissed off that all of Tawny's attention was elsewhere and not all on her. Uh, she even caused a bit of a scene and hid in the bathroom. And then she came out and she told them they all had to leave. They had to leave now, the three of them. So Lacey and Tawny were like, okay, I, I guess we go now because Victoria's having a fit. And Lacey got a ride there with them. So she had to get a ride home with them as well you know she wanted to have that guaranteed ride maybe she didn't know anyone going that way so Lacey was like yep let's go Victoria gets into the back seat Tawny's driving it was her car and her friend Lacey gets into the front passenger seat Tawny and Lacey they're chatting away but Victoria she makes it known she is just pissed off and she just sits in the back seat radiating bad energy just a real dark and stormy cloud in the back seat Lacey gets to her house and she gets out of the car. She says goodbye or good night, and she tells them she loves them. And she runs into her house, says bye to her friends, bye bye. And Victoria jumps into the front passenger seat where Lacey had just gotten out of. Uh, and I'm sure, I'm just sure Victoria was still mean mugging, you know, in the car when she got into the front passenger seat. And the two drive off. 1 a.m. October 18th, police receive a report of a stabbing in a church parking lot in West Ogden and they arrive on the scene. They see a parked car with two women in it. 
one of one in the driver's seat and one in the passenger's front seat. Uh, Tawny was now in the passenger seat in the front of the vehicle and she was covered in blood and not responding. Victoria was in the driver's seat. Her hands were covered in blood and she was trembling. They asked Victoria what happened and she tells police Tawny attacked her while she was driving and she had to defend herself. So she pulled off into a parking lot and stabbed Tawny with a knife that she kept in her pocket. I think they said it was a four inch blade. When asked what the fight was about, she tells them a man. Police immediately arrest her and she is charged with first degree murder. The scene was horrific and Tawny unfortunately she didn't make it she lost too much blood due to her injuries none of which hit a vital organ it was only from the blood loss meaning had she been helped right away had victoria put pressure on the wounds and called an ambulance tawny could have possibly survived but who called 911 and why was tawny found in the passenger seat when she was the one driving after victoria stabbed tawny 46 times yes 46 times that is just absolutely brutal and horrific that that is the mark of somebody with a lot of uncontrollable rage that is terrifying victoria stabbed tawny 46 times from the passenger side seat she moved tawny's body out of the driver's seat and switched places with her so put tawny in the passenger seat called her friend and told him she just murdered tawny because she was stressing her the fuck out and uh that she was really scared and that she's going to go to jail for a long time for it and she also told her friend not to call 911 but her friend was like, what the fuck? Bye. And then did call 911 after getting the details of where they were. And this friend also says that he had put her on speakerphone at one point because his roommate was still awake. And he was basically like looking at his roommate like, are you fucking hearing this? Like what, what the fuck is happening right now? And at first he didn't answer. And I think Victoria called him back like six times in a row. Like she just kept calling and calling and calling and calling. Why it was so important for her to call this friend, I don't know, but I do have a theory, which I'm going to talk about later. 10 a.m. Saturday, October 18th. So it's the it's morning now. It's 10 a.m. Tawny's mother, Dana, uh, she received the worst news a mother can get. Police arrived at the home and they told her that her 21-year-old daughter was dead. I can't even pretend to imagine what she felt that day. The pain would have been overwhelming and then to find out her daughter was murdered by Victoria, a woman she was trying to help, a woman she allowed to be part of their family and live in their home and went to endless lengths to try to support and and get on a right path. It's, it, yeah, just would have been totally heartbreaking and, and baffling and just so many emotions. Uh, justice was soon to come though, but Victoria, she wasn't going to make it she wasn't going to make things easy for the courts and she pled not guilty in 2015. This day in court sounded like a, a, a circus. It was Victoria. Okay. So Victoria was painting herself as a victim. That's what I was kind of getting from this, claiming that Tawny's family had threatened her and said hurtful things to her. Um, and even if that's true, I mean, no doubt you murdered their daughter. 
that's how selfish she is being like this was so this would have been a year later I don't know what happened within that year I could imagine her family was very hurt and very angry you know I don't know if her claims are true but even if they were I wouldn't blame the family for saying hurtful things to the woman who murdered their daughter I don't think anybody would I don't think anybody would in this situation her defense lawyer argued she was the one being attacked and she killed Tawny because of a state of stress-induced anxiety. At one point, Victoria shouted, she was just going to kill herself. She's like, I'm just going to kill myself, as if that would make people feel bad for her or something. In November of 2015, she changed her plea to guilty, probably because it was it was undeniable. And the evidence, it was very clear what had happened. Actually... It came out that she had called her sister the night she murdered Tawny and her sister actually went to the scene before police, which makes me wonder if she was trying to get someone to help her cover up the murder because she also called her friend and told him about this that night, the, the guy who called police. So it seemed Victoria stabbed Tawny 46 times, had the time to call her sister, wait for her sister to drive out there look at the scene, get freaked out and drive away, call her other friend six times, have a lengthy conversation with him. And this whole time she could have been saving Tawny's life, but she, she wasn't, she didn't. So yeah, it really makes me wonder if she was trying to find a friend or a family member to help her cover up this murder. I just, yeah, makes, that's my theory on that. Why else would she do that? Why, why else would she do that? So Victoria, she was found to be guilty, but not of a premeditated murder. So the first degree murder charge, that that was out. But she did receive, she was charged with the murder of Tawny Braid and received a sentence of 16 years to life in prison. Her first available parole is in 2039, but Tawny's father has vowed to do everything in his power to make sure Victoria is never released. And I believe him. In court, Victoria recited words to make her look remorseful, but I don't think anybody bought it, especially when at one point um, she just had to say, she just had to throw this in. She just had to say she was suffering too. She said, I'm suffering too. Yikes. That did not go over well in the courtroom. Let me tell you, people did not appreciate her saying that. Five years into her sentencing, she found a way to get on TikTok and YouTube I I don't know how she did this, but she had a, an account made for her or I don't know. And I guess she was like Skyping or like video chatting her friend and she would make these videos over the phone and then get this friend to like post them on TikTok and YouTube. Uh, this was quickly shut down by the prison. They did not allow this to stay up. Those were removed. The accounts were probably deleted. I wonder what the hell they were posting though. Like what was she posting? I really feel uh, for Tawny and Tawny's family because they did everything to make the world a better place. They tried so hard to help Victoria. They supported their daughter Tawny in every way they could and they lost her to a senseless act of violence. Nobody could have predicted that would have happened. Like nobody ever thinks that could happen. But I feel like the more we hear these cases, the more we learn about what to look for when it comes to the dangers of abusive relationships. Not all of them are easy to see because they're not all physical abuse. 
mental abuse is just as bad, maybe even worse because they are harder to explain. You know, so some people can't explain it. They feel like they're being isolated and controlled. But if they were to like lay it out and tell people, people, it's like you can explain it away. It's, it's harder to explain mental abuse. It's harder to see, which makes it harder to stop. But it can end badly. It can end so bad. There were a lot of red flags in this case. But the thing is, not everybody knows these signs. Not everybody thinks that it can escalate to that level. Um, nobody ever thought that Victoria would have murdered Tawny. If anybody thought that, they obviously would have stopped it. But that's why it's just so important to know the signs. That wraps up this week's case. I should be back to my regular schedule now. Things have just been a bit hectic over here. Hectic, but in the best possible way, I should say that. The the best way possible. The best hectic possibilities. <laughs> I had such a fun time seeing my sister for the first time in years. Last time I saw her, the word COVID had no meaning. Yeah, it's been a while and it was so lovely having her around. I, I wanted her to co-host an episode with me and was thinking of doing a, a special history episode and covering a, a weird, spooky dark time in history but there just wasn't enough time uh to flesh out that idea but who knows maybe one day I can get her on the pod as a guest host that would be really fun maybe we could do a remote recording or something feel free to follow hell no a true crime podcast on instagram send me an email of uh, you know maybe a spooky story you wrote or maybe something you experienced involving the paranormal or you know something on on that level uh, and you could be featured on next year's Halloween special. I know it's a long way away. I know it's a long ways away, but I'm already thinking about it. Email hellnopodcast at outlook.com. All one word, hellnopodcast at outlook.com. If you're listening on Spotify, please follow and uh, five stars. If you have a second, tap that five stars. I would really appreciate that. I know I have 118 followers on Spotify and only about 25 of you have rated me five stars or any stars at all for that matter. I just seem to have five stars. <laughs> um, so just saying, it helps my podcast grow. It's a great way to support me and it's a completely free way to support me. So take a second and please do that or whatever you're listening on. If you're listening on Apple Podcast, if you're listening on whatever platform, just see if there's a way to, you know, rate it five stars or I don't know leave a review hit that share button i don't know but i'm back i will be back next week thanks for listening and see you then